Hello, welcome to the podcast of Startup Recruitment Failures. I'm Indra, founder and CEO of JobRely. We're building outbound recruitment SaaS and automating LinkedIn. Today, my guest is Justas Malinowska, CEO and co-founder at Watergraph. Hi, Justas. Hi, Indra. Nice to meet you. Nice talking to you. Thank you for participating. Maybe you could briefly introduce yourself and tell us more about Watergraph. Yeah, sure. So quickly about myself. So I'm, I've been in uh, with Watergraph, I think, already for like nine years uh, in total. Like if, if we would count in uh, the idea with time when it was worth. But actually, like officially, we're like seven years. And, and, and I think the last four years was the, the the biggest growth for the company so you know when we came out of like mvp stage and etc and when i switched like to full-time here so it's like already the the, the journey segmented how watergraph idea was born yeah so so it came quite naturally as we owned marketing agency before so it was more like you know visual identity and, and brand identity studio mm-hmm. To be specific, uh, but some part of our business was also to, um, you know, uh, create and run campaigns for the customers. And for me, it was like quite obvious because we were quite a higher scale agency, so we mostly work with bigger customers, bigger budgets, and bigger projects. So it wasn't like you know twenty five customers per month, but it's more like you know two three customers per month, mm-hmm. or sometimes even per quarter with who we work with. So it, it was quite um, demanding to deliver high level services, basically. So. For me, reporting was also quite a high level requiring thing. So I thought like maybe let's try, you know, combining really boring things like, you know, website analytics data with with infographics and showing instead of, I don't know, let's say 20% of bounce rate, showing that one out of five people leave your website within 10 seconds, for example. You just select what kind of sources you use. Then our system does all the work. It basically visualizes, suggests you what kind of data you should look at, and even automates that report sending to the customers. I love it. I love when ideas are born very organically, you know, out of the things you're doing daily. And how big is the company now? Company, people-wise, is, is, is about 100 people. Uh, I think wow. a bit of over the 100 so it, it fluctuates all the time. You know, with startups, it's like really hard to uh, say the exact number most of the time. But uh, but yeah, so that's uh, around 100 people for some time already. And in terms of, you know, the, the company stage in, in terms of like, you know, venture funding. So we're post Series A. Yeah, that's that's a really great story. I love it. And well, having 100 people company, I believe a lot of hiring you had. What are the lessons you learned? Yeah, so hiring, uh, I think it's the word which you hear all the time within the startup mm-hmm. as, as the day one. And when you start this carousel, I would say uh, it never ends. Mm-hmm. Because I think there's two factors with that. So there is constantly you know people which you sometimes need to replace because the company grew faster than the person mm-hmm. i think we're trying now to get rid of that problem and, and and trying to invest more into the talent which we have but also growing because you just need more hands and and, and uh, need more uh, people to solve some issues mm-hmm. so hiring is quite a consistent topic already for us like i don't know for a year or so mm-hmm. and um i remember the first days when we uh, were building this business, I remembered that you know hiring was super you know fun thing. It looked like you know oh, it, it it will be nice you know that you are able to hire a lot of people and, and you know come you're able to employ a lot of guys and girls and and, and that's quite nice. And and eventually it becomes quite a 
you know, a thing for which you need, you know, a dedicated person then to just hire and a dedicated person to maintain the town and a dedicated person to onboard them. It, it, it becomes with the, its own struggles. And, you know, when in our case, when we have, I think, nearly 20 different nationalities within the company, mm -hmm. so it becomes even more, you know, things because for me, it looked really nice that, you know, we're, we're able to hire people, I don't know, in in Nigeria and in, in Kenya and then in Italy, US and, and, and Australia. So that variety also brings a lot of you know new perspectives, but also it comes with the price because you need to manage all different you know cultures and all different uh, outlooks and and, and, and views. Mm -hmm. But of, of course, that's interesting. You know, if, if you have a problem, I think that's that's the thing what you need to work on. Uh, I, I wouldn't even say it's a problem. So it's more like a, a challenge or something like what people call right now. You know, it's an interesting thing to work on. Yeah, it's it's very nice when uh, you think about the talent attraction, but when it comes to talent retention, it's a different story, right? You need to work yeah. more and it's not as easy as, uh, you know, to attract someone. Um, so I believe you had some failures and maybe you have some lessons you learned uh, for yourself and maybe you could share with others. What are yeah. the takeaways out of this experience you had? So that's a good question. I would say, in general, we don't have a bad, let's say, retention rate. So, mm -hmm. so I think on the worst time when we were, I think, the, the most failing after Series A, so we had even still like fifteen percent only of the churn rate or something of the of them, please. Mm -hmm. So that's still not much, uh, and a lot of people we still have from day one. Mm -hmm. And I think we made a failure due to, you know, a need of high growth. And, you know, I think every founder of the companies most of the time do that. They start, you know, reading some articles or, or talking with advisors and et cetera, which says, oh, just hire, you know, like later stage people, mm -hmm. you know, from been there, done that thing. And, and, and they will, you know, come in and they just will, will, will just solve the things. Mm -hmm. And I think we also did that. And I think that calls major I think mistake what you can make is actually I got it as a as an as a good advice later from one of my friends. He said you shouldn't be skipping on the culture and values. And I think this is what we did. So we started looking at mm -hmm. experiences on their LinkedIn's or etc. instead of looking at the people. Mm -hmm. And then we needed to actually separate the ways with, with those people which we hired and we believed a lot in mm -hmm. them. And what we noticed, you know, some some people which we hired from, you know, like really big companies and having tons of experience and they they really looked nice and, and they were great people. But I think that the biggest problem was that there wasn't that much of, first of all, value and cultural uh, match. And, and I think it's not about like again that people are toxic or something it's more about what kind of culture and values they like and used to represent mm -hmm. and what kind of culture and values you have within the company so in our case we're super focused on the people who are more like hustlers let's say mentality so it's, it's more like they really are in love with owning things first of all and then delivering mm -hmm. and instead of you know having clear guidelines processes and etc so in our case in our company of course we have processes and frameworks already but they're still not that hardcore because i think everything starts with me i think i really like the kind of you know decision freedom and owning the situations or parts of the business mm -hmm. and then when i know like i don't know for example our cfo she she for example owns finance for example so i don't go there and i don't tell her how to run the mm -hmm. things more about like she comes in and she owns that thing and she tells me like where is the issues where is this this and where's that and that's freedom with with a lot of responsibility and accountability mm -hmm. actually what we're trying to switch now is to have a clear responsibility area for the person 
but then we really want to hold them to account what they actually are doing and then what they said they're going to do. So it's more about not having some kind of process and et cetera, and like a lot of KPIs for the people, but it's more about like accountability areas mm-hmm. and giving that that freedom to them. And I think you need to make sure that people are actually okay with that freedom because there is people who are not really okay with the freedom and, and freedom makes them go crazy most of the time because they, they just can't go and work in that kind of fashion. Because, you know, again, freedom is actually way more harder then there is no freedom and people think opposite mm-hmm. because usually freedom means you usually even need to work even more rather than less. Right. People sometimes mix it with a thing like, oh, freedom, that means, you know, I can sometimes not show for work or something. Mm-hmm. But I think we're getting better. Now. But how can it be if you are a high level manager, uh, how can you expect that you won't be accountable uh, or responsible for that specific area? So I think especially in, in developing countries, I would call it even, we're still not that used to uh, those things that much. And especially young people who usually work in, in startups, they're not that experienced being real C-level executives mm-hmm. or even VP level executives because most of them they're like three four years in their careers mm-hmm. and they're like you know C-level for example and I think they still look at that C-level more as a okay I've been there done that for like four years and I expect my salary to represent that and status within the company but uh, but they still look at the job more like as it just you know a regular employee just in a bigger salary and i think they expect also some quite clear guidelines from the manager of theirs mm-hmm. to direct them where they need to go mm-hmm. and i think what's changing now so i think it's super nice to see that you know for example in our case some people who are in our company for some time they are now being promoted to managers and, and you know c and vp levels because they, they've been in this culture for some time they understand what kind of expectations do we have? What kind of expectations I do set? And they know that I'm not going to provide them clear plan how need, how they need to act. You know, we don't sit down and we don't do a clear week by week plan what they need to work on. Would you give an example like uh, when you hired a C-level manager and how was it going? Like when did you notice that the person is looking for your assistance even if they are a manager of the department? Yeah, so I think we, we had that issue a couple of times. Um, mm-hmm. Usually they don't say that, but you can clearly understand it because people start to jump from one thing to another and, and they start doing this and then that. And then one week, one thing is important. Next week, another thing is important. And they're just like searching for the silver bullet. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, they look at the things from day to day perspective. And I think what is expected more or less from C-level and, and, and VP level, from my point of view, is like the, the, the people are owning the whole thing. And, and then they're able to also, you know, translate that information to their direct reports and, and then you just you know chunk the work into smaller pieces mm-hmm. so the head of the department does the general vision and strategy and then there is people who do tactical moves and then there is actual you know movers mm-hmm. so i think i think that happened a couple of times uh, and 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 we had you know one position where i will not name i think the the, the field because it's quite clear you know to identify but mm-hmm. but it was not my direct report it was other person's direct report person spent uh, i think like half a year in the company and and uh, and later he left and and when we got to know why he left so actually it was like again the case it was for a bigger organization he was used to having a clear actions which which are demanding him to do this and that and, mm-hmm. and he wanted 
less freedom in kind of way of, of like making decisions, mm -hmm. more like clear directions where he needs to work on mm -hmm. and then what he needs nearly to do most of the time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some people, freedom becomes basically a jail for them mm -hmm. and, and they just don't know what to do and then they don't feel that they're moving to any direction. Mm -hmm. But when you were interviewing uh, them, I believe you told them about the challenges and what you're expecting for that specific positions. And uh, why do you think there was a mismatch, right? Because I believe you told them yeah. what you expect. Uh, they also wanted to join the company because they became they will be uh, C-level managers. And how how could you like don't understand this from the very beginning? Like where where's the catch? Yeah, so uh, I think all those interviews are still, especially in the startups, it, usually in earlier phases, you just hire first-time person. Mm -hmm. So they need to build everything from scratch. And and uh, it's really hard to ask the questions which you don't know yourself. And, and I think another thing is like everyone wants to look good in the interviews. And you just look for, most most of the time, you just mention the people that, okay, you need to, you're going to need to do this and that. And then this is your responsibility area, etc. Mm -hmm. And they understand that. And and then you don't go that much into the specifics. I never saw a perfect, you know, job interview process because, you know, either it's too lengthy or or it's not informative enough. So you still need to bet a lot during those. Yeah, of course. Of course, you cannot make the decision and to be 100% sure yeah. only by interviewing. But where the, those people from huge corporations or why it's still hard to understand how if you decide to be a c-level manager how could you expect not to be accountable no no so it's not like they, they do not expect to be accountable it's more like you know the, the way how they like to work mm -hmm. it is the accountability let's say size and the pace and uh, the expectations from the company i think those are the things what limits you to understand those things because you especially when you hire from bigger corporates mm -hmm. i think it's it's quite tough especially in the first times because you know you, you just you have it in your mind oh this guy was in microsoft you know for like i don't know 10 years and, and he definitely knows what to do mm -hmm. and uh and and you just build that story for yourself because of course you don't get applications from like 15 people who are one is from microsoft another is from i don't know google third one is from apple mm -hmm. and you just you just select you just have one shot you just see that the person might be a good fit you, ha you have a chat with them and then it looks like it's going to work but then of course that person also doesn't know if that's going to work or not because he never worked in a small organization mm -hmm. you know he joined microsoft when it was big it became even bigger when he was there and, and then you know he just decided i want to go into startup world and and then eventually that skill set developed within those organizations it's a bit different with what's required within the startups mm -hmm. i think our biggest lesson is again like not to look that much into you know uh, what kind of companies they were it's more about like what you were doing there mm -hmm. mainly day-to-day -day, not like in general scope and then you can bet okay so he was managing 20 people so maybe he will be able to manage mm -hmm. them so so i think it's it's super tough still to to understand i think you still need to go through those lessons and i think you can't prepare for them i think one thing was you know what, what we never looked at is is definitely the diploma of your university because you know i never had to trust myself that thing mm -hmm. and we never look at it and i think it never defines it anymore within the startups you know you, you can't tell you nothing yeah
except okay he was in in i don't know stanford so it might be clever mm -hmm. most of the time but but still this is that that much what you look at mm -hmm. it's more like you know a selective criteria but it's not definitely a, a main thing and i think again the companies where they worked at is, is also it, it can say something but you need to know the bigger story mm -hmm. you know how long when why he stayed there why he left and, and etc and, and because sometimes you can just you know sit in the big corporate do nothing for three years and nobody will notice does it mean that you're not hiring people from uh, bigger companies anymore no so we, we still uh, are not declining people from there we just look at them the same way as we look at the people which we are from smaller organizations mm -hmm. Because I think we, we just used to look, oh, look, this guy from Google, he's definitely great. You know, you just give him A's already everywhere, mm -hmm. despite the fact that he even haven't been speaking with the person. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's more about like, you know, you still need to treat all the people the same and ask them the right questions and, and really be sure about the values and the personal values of the people mm -hmm. because those never fail. And as I think, if we hire the right people who really match our point of view, values and culture uh, i think they can become great mm -hmm. and uh, we have tons of experience of growing really people who, who joined like quite as a juniors within the company they were like really on a fast track to you know really high level uh, positions mm -hmm. of course there is some risks with that they don't have an experience or something but i think you know experience is the thing which can be built quite fast mm -hmm. and um, especially within the startups you know your knowledge what you used to know especially software startups and the knowledge which you had five years ago it, it might be relevant already and mm -hmm. and it, it is constantly you know changing well, what about the stereotype that uh people working in huge corporations they all have you know a structure or the strategy which came uh from the higher management level how can they be free and uh, able to create uh, any kind of the strategy themselves then if they're used so much to get it from someone else yeah and i think that's the biggest, I think, disadvantage of working in a big corporate. Mm. Because you just start to be used to work in kind of processes and frameworks. Because that's that's how you operate. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I need to do something, I just go to this person. If I need to do this, I need to go to this person. Mm -hmm. So everything is done for you. Yeah. And you kind of think, but actually don't think that much, I think. Mm -hmm. You just operate in some kind of frameworks and what you require is discipline. And um, I think that spoils the people eventually. Mm -hmm. And they just don't know how to operate. It's, I think it's the same like, I don't know it's a, if it's a good comparison or not, but let, let's look at the nature. You know, mm -hmm. There is animals who are, let's say, born and raised in the zoo and, and then try releasing them to the nature. And they just don't know how to find the food and they don't know the, a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And I think the same goes with the people if you spend too much time in the big corporates. And you also mentioned uh, hiring women, uh, that you are hiring women for the yep. uh, management uh, positions. Maybe you could share with the first hire, how did it go? Uh, because it's still, it's a tech company, right? So were they welcomed? No, so actually, so we don't hire specifically women. So it's more like we hire people. Yeah. And let's say it, it, uh, at our case, it happened that they, mm -hmm. they were women. So we don't look differently at that situation. And I think it went good. I mean, since the beginning, I can't even say that it was something different. I think in the natural way of organizational work, I think it's it's nice because 
women usually brings a bit of a calmness and you know and I would, let's say more structured conversations mm-hmm. uh, rather than sometimes ego or temperament play the the, the thing mm-hmm. so so i think that enables uh, so i think that diversity itself you know again if, if you go all in into one side it's also not very good yeah. because then there is other issues mm-hmm. so that's why i think you know in the world where we were uh, created i think the way to operate all together instead of having groups i think the group mixed groups works the best mm-hmm. so i couldn't specify something like differently except that and water graph team is the, a, a very much diverse right so you mentioned 20 nationalities yeah i think we have all religions in, in the company <laughs> so, awesome awesome yeah. but i believe you still should have challenges of course it's a very good uh, um, combination and you can get yeah. uh, great ideas but sometimes the cultural differences gives you some challenges right what i like about our team uh, i think our team is super, I would say, open to everything. We don't, we, that's maybe with the younger generation thing, that, you know, everyone saw the world and, and for you, it's not something crazy that you come into the office and, I don't know, you see a person with different color, let's say skin, mm-hmm. you know, for, it, it's just normal, mm-hmm. what it should be. And I think that came from earlier times when it was super strange to see a different person in the street. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, you know, uh, I, I know we, we have some people who are wearing some religious let's say uh, you know things and, and Outfit, yeah. like uh, there is hats and, and, and things and, and mm-hmm. you know nobody's like whoa what's that you know they, they all know what's that they know why they're wearing it and nobody questions that and they just treat them as a as a as an old person you know you just come in you just hi hi that's it you know and, and it's not like you look at it and you're like for three weeks you can't stop looking mm. at it so we haven't experienced any kind of issues or at least you know but usually all the things comes to my eyes and then airs if, if there is some issues uh, i think that's why we we have quite a open culture also that people are not afraid to to you know talk to or me or others and, and to mention that there is some issues so we never had some kind of i don't know conflicts between people so usually people mention that one of the top things why they like to work here is, is the people mm-hmm. so sometimes i was thinking is it good or not that you know like maybe they should be passionate about the product what we're building mm-hmm. but eventually i thought that's good that they work here because of the people because you know you, you can't change the product you can't change the you know you can pivot you can go to one side or another mm-hmm. and some people might be not happy about it if you change something you know oh i started to work i don't know in fintech and now they started to you know i don't know sell cars and, and i don't want to work in this business anymore because it's not interesting mm-hmm. but if you like the people work around you so i think that's super good mm-hmm. uh because you can do everything uh with them together so it's you know like that story from child books you know like oh with my friends we can you know conquer the world and etc mm-hmm. i think that's the, that's the more of a, of a thing mm-hmm. and if i would say that we invest a lot into that we don't we just let everyone be you know themselves mm-hmm. and um, i think sometimes you just don't need to invest that much into the culture and values and on all the jazz about it it's more like actually letting that culture develop itself mm-hmm. and help a bit to navigate, uh, mm-hmm. not to get to extreme, uh, you know, uh, let's say end, mm-hmm. but uh, but you just let it go and flow uh, through themselves. And that's why I think we, we have that good culture within the company. Mm-hmm. When you mentioned that you have all the religions uh, in, in your team, in your company, I remembered because I was working in Bahrain 
And uh, there are like simple traditions, like a month of Ramadan. So people are fasting therefore the work hours for them are shorter. Um, Is it easy to navigate? Because why one person could work not as long as another person? Did you notice any struggle in that? So in our case, I think we we don't have that, let's say, really super religious people. Mm -hmm. We we don't have like, you know, like, I don't know if it's extreme or not, but let's say it's religious, you know, like, for example, there's Muslims who are, you know, uh, giving prayers more mm-hmm. often per day. And and so maybe our people are not that religious or something, but they're just coming from those religions. And, okay. and if we have a, a case, you know, when they need some special tailored thing around them, uh, we, we, we're just happy to do it. And I think others are, are understanding, you know, why that's happening. It's not about that person is exceptional. It's mm-hmm. more about like, an, we need to also accept if we're different. Mm-hmm. It's the same, the same goes, you know, some people need to go you know five times per day to the toilet and some people need to go only twice so then you can go and in, in, in counting how much toilet time you use but <laughs> we don't do that so i think everyone accepts each other and and, and that we're different and, and by being different we're also the same yeah there are some companies actually doing that counting time for the bathroom yeah. Uh, the call centers, for example yeah, but, i used but, to have this experience myself yeah but, but i think they're they're uh, not that popular anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially in startups, it would be pretty amazing to, to see that yeah. in a startup. Okay, great. So thank you, Justus, uh, so much for sharing your stories. Yeah, thanks for inviting. And uh, thank you all the listeners for listening. And for more podcasts, please visit jobrely.com. <laughs>